So I want to tell you all about the amazing exhibition that I saw over the weekend. We're also going to be speaking to Emirati art curator Manira al who will be joining us here in the studio. We're going to be chatting about Canadian comedian Russell Peters. We've got a lot to talk about The Crown, the new Netflix series. And also we've got our man about town in the studio. Yes, I can't wait. I'm Ina Rafai. And I'm Farah Andrews. And you are listening to Culture Bites all the way from the National here in Abu Dhabi. Right. Much to talk about. So this weekend, I took the children, popped them in the car, and we went on a family outing. Family school trip. (laughs) Family school trip to an art space in Abu Dhabi. I'm trying to get them doing more of that kind of stuff. Now the weather's got a bit kinder. Yeah. I'm feeling that now we can go and explore these things. We're out and about. We're out and about a bit more. So we went to go and see Solid Void, which is an exhibition uh, being put on at the uh, space 421. Right. Is it 41? I believe so, yeah. I'm always saying the name wrong. 41 Art Campus, right? Yes, the 41 Art Campus. And it's Asma El-Balhamar. And she is a UAE artist who has been actually like kind of looking into what space means in the UAE. Um, And kind of like she reflects a lot of the architecture that you Mm -hmm. see. Now, me and my daughter had a long conversation. Bearing in mind, my daughter is seven, but I like to open up her mind to these things. So, Dahlia, I know you're listening. She always does. Hi, Dahlia. <laughs> She's one of our <laughs> big fans. <laughs> but she really liked... So, there's there's a few big standout pieces in this uh, exhibition space. Mm-hmm. One is a kind of beautiful wood carving, which goes across all of one wall and kind of wraps itself around the space. And what's lovely about it is you kind of feel like the the... the, the there's movement in something, even though it's quite static. Right. And we were talking about it and we realized it's kind of like looking at a building from a moving car. Wow. So it's kind of like speeds up and slows down. And that's kind of what she's trying to express a bit in her work is this kind of like, you know, a lot of the architecture in the UAE, you're looking at from a car. Speeding past it. And you're speeding past it and you're stopping Not at speeding. Lines. You're driving within the safe <laughs> limits of the speed limit past within any space. buildings in the UAE. Within the space. Um, but we just really, we both really like that piece. But my daughter said she preferred another piece. I was going to, yeah. So when you take the girls to art galleries and art spaces, do you both kind of go in with like, do you come out with different favourites? Yes. Right. Okay. Different so, approaches to things. So I am going to like, you know, my youngest, who is four, Ada. We aren't going to, we can't, we can't shame her. <laughs> we can't, no, I am going to shame no, her. No, we are Because we, I did tell her to stop touching things. Okay, that's shameful. And she kept touching things. So I hope she's listening because no, now no mama's more, told. No more touching art. No more touching art. And I think the security guard did follow us around quite close. You're getting lots of troubles in museums. So I'm really sorry, Asma, if my daughter did touch your piece. <laughs> um, but yeah, really um, lovely uh, artwork. But yeah, Dahlia preferred a piece, which was like kind of like, all these like little bricks which had different engravings on and different bits pulled together and they were kind of wrapped together in this central piece of the room mm-hmm. and it kind of we felt like it very much symbolised as well like the fabric of the UAE life about how we all come together we're all a little bit individual but we've all come together in one space right, okay. and that's what Dahlia liked the most which I thought was really profound for that, a seven year old yeah big takeaways there from Dahlia I love that it's just my daughter <laughs> <laughs> she's but, one of the finest art critics I know <laughs> 
But like we also really enjoyed the fact that um, the artist has teamed it up with um, music from Emirati singers. So as you're in this space, and it, again, it conjured up this feeling of when I was sat in my dad's car. You know, I'm listening to Emirati music ah. or Arabic music and I'm looking at these like very, very moving pieces. Like they feel like they have movement, um, even like her drawings and um, like, there's more framed work, but everything feels like it has some sort of movement, which was really lovely. It's amazing how pieces can just like spark these big memories or like almost like transport you back. So you feel like you're in a completely different space. I love that. Yeah, it's really good. So definitely go and check it out. It's an exhibition by Asma El Belhamar um, at 421 Art Campus in Abu Dhabi. And that's, people can go still see it. It's yeah. running until... 31st of December. You've got a while, guys. You've you've got time. You've got time. <laughs> Should we talk about some news? Some things that have been in the news this yeah, week? Yeah, so something caught your eye in the news this week. Yes. And it's quite a huge name. Russell Peters. Russell Peters. So, Russell Peters. Big name. Massive comedian. Very, very popular uh, super funny guy, obviously, comedian. Um, but he's here a lot. He comes, okay. he does come to the UAE quite a lot. Since um, I've been working at National, we've uh, definitely had like three or four Russell Peter gigs in the UAE. He performed the very first concert. No, it's not concert. Very first gig at the Coca-Cola Arena in Dubai. He like, ah. opened it up. So it's Russell Peters and then Maroon 5. Maroon. He loves it here. He's here all the time. He's like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he had a comedy show lined up for next week. And there was, um, he started cancelling a lot of his Middle Eastern tour dates uh, and and also some tour dates in Africa. And I think there was quite a big conversation of whether or not his, his gig here was going to be cancelled. But he has been on Instagram and he has spoken about the fact that no, he is going to still be performing here in Abu Dhabi next week. It's on November 23rd, his, con his gig, which I believe is a week today. Yes. Right, good. Calendar, thank you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so he is... Um, so he's coming, he is still being on his show here in Abu Dhabi. Um, he's filming a new comedy special, but he's been quite honest about his conflicting feelings about still having the show. Yeah, I think a lot of people, I think as we've discussed for the like the last month, we've yeah. all been feeling a bit like, you know, sad. Yeah, there's a lot of sadness and there's also a kind of like, oh, is this tone deaf? Like, what are we... So he, yeah, he's spoken about... Um, he went on Instagram, kind of video, video, speaker to camera, and he said that he is still going to have his show here. Um, and he, this is a quote. So I'm aware of the optics on this one. I've pulled the rest of my Middle East tour for now. Uh, let me be honest with you. I've struggled with this, but ultimately I feel like one thing we need in this region is some smiles, love and laughter, and I hope to be the guy that provides some of that relief. So he spoke quite candidly about Gaza and he spoke about the fact that he's a, he knows that maybe it's a, like there was going to be a kind of like allegations of like, oh, what are you doing? Like comedy yeah. show now, it feels a bit, it's jarring, it is jarring. And yeah. a lot of people do feel kind of, um, yeah, there's like- A lot of people are struggling. Yeah. And I think like it's an important conversation to have and, you know- I can imagine for him, it's one that he has to have as a comedian. Yeah. It must be even more difficult when you're asked to make people smile and laugh all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so fair play to him. I'm really impressed that he's done that. And kind of like kind of tackling it head on and kind of, I guess like elephant in the room is like, yeah, I, I'm I'm not ignoring this is happening. That is not where I am. So yeah, massive respect to Russell Peters. So and well done. Yeah, well done Russell Peters. We'll see you then next week. Yes. Next Shame we can't get him on the podcast. Can we? Can we? Let's give him a shout out. <laughs> Russell, hey, if Russell. you're listening. <laughs> hey. Come on, 
calm down. <laughs> come on. Let's chew the fat. <laughs> so another big thing that's happening, um, which is going to be coming to our screens, is The Crown. It's back. It's back. And it's this is the final season. Like, this is the end. This is, it takes us up to season six. It's where we are. It's been going on for a long time, The Crown. Yeah, it is. And I have to admit, like, I'm not a huge, like, I don't, I don't watch it. I don't watch it. But this season is, like, it's kind of like, it's living memory for me. It's living memory for a lot of people. Yeah. And I feel like this season is going to be something that we're all going to be really interested to see because for the, like, there's a huge Middle Eastern character. There's Yeah, there's huge Middle Eastern character. We've got the kind of, so I, I watched the first two seasons of The Crown, I think. And it wasn't a conscious decision to turn it off. I just, there was... There's just so much TV. I'm only one person and I try. I try and watch much, as much of it as I can. But um, the, so like you said, I watch about, a lot of Paw Patrol. So that does keep you quite busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also currently watching a lot of reruns of Seinfeld. So, that, <laughs> and that is keeping me quite busy. Um, no, the, uh, this is that, yeah. So living history, I, everything that we're going to be seeing now is like this series is the 90s so it's no longer the kind of when it started this the whole show has been about basically queen elizabeth's life right yeah. so we started with things that were very archival we started with um the kind of recreations of things that people hadn't seen and they were kind of there was a lot of filling in the gaps by the t like the the script writers and the producers and like these there was kind of like bringing to life parts of history that we hadn't like didn't have a real like clear visual on as the timeline has progressed we've kind of got into the kind of charles and diana era they've um in the past series they're kind of like the separation and then we've kind of had these like characters that are such kind of like carbon copies of the people that we remember seeing yeah. in photographs from when we were younger i think this is it i think it was a, a really big thing I think everybody loved Princess Diana mm. and my family were part of that. And then when she started um, dating um, Dodie Al-Fayed, yeah. I think that was like a, a big part of my childhood. I remember was that, you know, Princess Diana was dating like an Arab guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was big news. Very big news. Yeah, like all the Arabs in London were talking about it. And I think that this is where the Crown has really tried to make sure that they're being really culturally appropriate and accurate. Yeah. So I've heard that they've actually managed to get like kind of like filmmakers from the Arab region to take part in this process That's but brilliant. also to make sure that the accent's right so Dodi was Egyptian. Yes. So that's a very different accent to say like a Levantine accent yeah. or a Gulf accent. So I think often when we're watching things on like you know I mean like from the 2000s whenever anybody had an Arabic character they'd often like either they'd all just kind of like never matched right. their, their accents never match with where they were meant yeah, to be you've got four family members you've got, everyone's got a different accent yeah. it's like what is happening yeah it's like I thought they were from Syria why do they sound Moroccan right. <laughs> it's like so it was, it's always been a bit confusing so it's just kind of like always been seen as an afterthought whereas mm. actually the crown has taken this really seriously they have decided to yeah employ like Arab actors who can speak in Arabic so I'm quite excited to see that now so we have like the right accents the right dialects coming through Yes. Right. And people who are actually from the region playing people of the region. Yeah, exactly. It's so not like, just it's not, an Indian actor. Yeah, it's not just, nothing's just being filled. There's no, like, it's just like stock no. anything. But yeah, I'm really excited about seeing it because it'll be a good chance for me to, like, look back as well at my own, like, yeah. you know, a, a history that I remember. The thing I'm, so the kind of, this is like a bit marketing. So 
props to Netflix on this, but the there are so many very famous photographs of Princess Diana, particularly, but like members of the royal family in general from that period of time. And they've kind of like got those very famous images and they've just recreated them perfectly and they're the kind of like there's like the image of princess diana sitting kind of like wistfully looking out on a yacht that we we can all remember that photo right now and then those images are being used in like the marketing for this show revenge dress i was the fashion the fashion so diana was like a icon yeah the um the the show has been so good at like when there have been like famous moments they have recreated those outfits like bead for bead like it is perfect <laughs> and that's I'm I'm very much looking forward to like the revenge dress I'm looking forward to the big Princess Diana's big jumpers and cycling shorts era because that's one that I live in <laughs> myself present it's tense. all coming back yeah it's very all coming back so. so I think like if you are interested in 90s fashion definitely check out The Crown yes I probably actually will <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and I want to introduce my new friend. Hi. <laughs> to my older friend. Hello. So Manira is here and she's going to be talking to us about all of the fantastic work that she does in the UAE. And I actually know her from university. So hi, Manira. Hi. And it's, it's great to be here. It's so nice to have you. And you're from Abu Dhabi. Correct. Yep. And you do so much in this. I mean, you've just been telling us about how busy you are. Give us a rundown. Can you run us through what is going on in Abu Dhabi? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think so we are leading up next week to Budabi Art. Um, and so there's a lot going on, a lot of happenings. Uh, just the whole city kind of comes to life. Uh, the cultural activations just take place at a, at a high during November, um, just kind of pairing up with the with the fair. It, not to say that, you know, cultural activities aren't taking place all year round, but during November, there's definitely a special kind of vibe to the city. There is a lot happening mm, mm, everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. We're really struggling to keep up with everything that is happening. Mm. And I think when I first moved to Abu Dhabi, so I was really excited to spend more time with Manira, but, you know, life gets in the way and I've barely <laughs> seen you. So I took this opportunity to get you on the podcast and actually sit down with you and have a conversation because it's been so long. Can you take us back? So you guys, you said you went to university together. Did you do the same course? Did you study together or was it a so- social circle situation? It was definitely a social circle situation. Right. Um, did you do development studies? No, I studied art history. She studied Of course she did. Mm-hmm. See? <laughs> yeah. She did art history mm-hmm. and that's why she's working in the art space. Yep. Yeah. Unlike me. <laughs> He's just here to blag her way through it. <laughs> it's art. You're still, you're, you're still, what you're doing is an art. But you must have then, like, just going back to, like, you growing up here in Abu Dhabi and how the art, you know, has played such an integral role in, like, shaping the modern Abu Dhabi and the modern UAE that we see. Have you seen, like, that transformation for yourself, but you've also been part of it? Has it been quite exciting? Absolutely. I mean, exciting would be the word to um, reflect on what's going on in the UAE in general, let alone Abu Dhabi. Um, I think it's uh, it's really interesting because I left the UAE. I was always interested in, in the arts, uh, I grew up with uh, my mother who just kind of always pointed me towards arts and culture and just like 
beautiful things and explaining to me why they're important. And, you know, so so that dialogue really started at a very young age for me. Um, I went to the American school here, the American community school. And I was the only Emirati for like miles ahead and miles behind. And it just, there's a lot of misconceptions that I was fed. Funnily enough, as an Emirati, you're still fed those same, mis- uh, you know, misconceptions. And, um, we, you know, within the art class, I was always told like, oh yeah, you know, art is uh, the only... A- like Arabic art is calligraphy or, yeah. you know, like really kind of geometric just, patterns. Exactly. Yeah. Just really simplified and very dismissive, I would say. Mm. And then I, I moved to London, funnily enough, and I ended up at SOAS. And I, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a, defin- a definite shout out, yeah. you know. Um, I, I ended up at SOAS. I, I did, um, I started art history um, and archaeology uh, at SOAS and suddenly the whole world was like just so much richer and denser than what I was ever taught at school. I think that's so true. And I think that comes through with storytelling as well. I think about like often that we are living history now, Mm -hmm. right? So we've always got to be reflecting on things that are happening now. And there's so much power in the now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the contemporary space really comes into its own. Mm. And so then can you tell us so you're founder of the Dewaza Curatorial Lab mm-hmm. so can you tell us a little bit about tell us about it tell us about the vision how you work absolutely um I, I it's a it's a very creative space it's a space that came out uh after a lot of trial and error um I initially moved back to the UAE and I I worked uh, I worked at at NYU I still was trying to figure out this space of curating I always everybody who asked me like how did you start curating it fell into my lap like I don't wow. know how it just happened very gradually I am a storyteller by nature and so then it's like curating a storytelling via visuals you know and so just two and two things that I that I really enjoy and I, I just kind of fell into it I don't know how to how I don't know that at a specific moment that you know that became really clear to me outside of my first exhibition but how that lead up took place I'm not I'm really quite not sure. I think like when you see those artists like him standing next to Andy Warhol yeah, and you Madonna. just, yeah, you and know. then you suddenly realize that actually it is about a community of people mm-hmm. and it's the same happens with writing. And I think here in the UAE, we're just, we're just witnessing, well, we are witnessing for quite some time now that that is happening here. Do you think that that is now transcending into like the international community? Are they starting to take more and more note of what's happening here? I think so the I think that the finally that the narrative is being reclaimed by people that are locally based or people that are uh, Emirati citizens like and I and I don't separate the two. I think the moment that you are participating actively in the culture scene here you're a part of that narrative. Mm-hmm. This is the reality. Look around, like we're still sitting around we this are. table. and We're part you know, of it. Where everybody is, it's life. you know, it is. I mean, it, it is, you know, it's, it's a, it is a reflection of the reality. And, and, you know, we have to kind of really embrace that and, and highlight it. I think for a very long time, there's been people talking about the region and talking on behalf of the region without like it's like you, there's a term that I that I always use it's not a coin term or, or a real term but I call them parachuting curators yeah. who just kind of parachute into the UAE get given like 
you know, whatever it is, all the perks that they get given, um, they're like, oh, wow, look, it's great. In the, in the Arabian sands, they're all, you know, uh, uh, they're all, get you, some know, camels like, guys. you know, yeah, yeah, they're all artists and it's, wow, how fascinating. Why is it fascinating? Why is it fascinating that there are artists? There have been artists yeah. for centuries. There have been artists here. Why is it fascinating? You know, and so they come in. They Parachuting give you curators and patronizing curators. <laughs> you know, it's 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 frustrating. It's really, especially working within the field. It's really frustrating because they come in with their brand branded names. You know, and they come in and they. They speak on behalf of these artists. They barely do their research. They barely give them the time and then they leave. Mm. And so you now have like narratives that are not fully studied or even respected or considered. You know what I mean? Like any Probably a lot of blank spaces in between. Yeah. You know, like just half cooked spaces. So so with all of this frustration and thinking and just my head in a million places, as per usual. Uh, I decided to leave my final nine to five, and I was, and I decided I was like, and after the Basquiat show, I decided, okay, like I am going to dedicate everything that is me to everything that I believe in, which is sort of this like grassroots space, and I'm going to participate in um, attempting to reclaim the narrative. So it's definitely a family then that's like pulled together in Darwaza. Yeah, absolutely. And and for me, it's, it is that it, it is the reality of sort of collaboration that makes, you know, t- uh, teamwork makes a dream work, right? That, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the idea. It's I mean, a, there's a thousand people in this room right now. A, making <laughs> it's, uh, it's a reality, you yeah. know, and um and so, so for me, basically, Darwaza has two legs. I would say it's a, it, there's a there's a creative sort of agency, curatorial agency. There's a space where where we're actively making, we're actively creating, and then there's the thinking space, which is equally as important. Where, you know, we interrogate questions or bring up questions that we have, and really begin to ask, you know, you know, what does this actually mean? It's like, and I work for you. As, uh, <laughs> I'm asking questions all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> questions are good. You might not always get answers, you know, but it's the the idea is that you know that that we really bring this up. It's like, the, for example, the role of language mm-hmm. is extremely important. So it's like if if language is a reflection of culture, um, it's interesting. It's interesting that today culture is spoken about in English, <laughs> as opposed to Arabic. So it's like that. What happens is you write your text in English. And then it gets translated into Arabic. And then they put the Arabic before the English to kind of reconcile with that guilt. You know what I mean? Like any, and so, so, so you begin to have this, uh, uh, just a lot of questions that really need to be amplified, you know, yeah. around culture that are perhaps like it's, Maybe it is nitpicking, but it's it, it's important. There are kinks that really need to be ironed out. You know. Do you think you, like I have this because I have two languages sometimes in my head. Mm. I think I'm genuinely funnier in Arabic mm. than I am in English. Mm. I mean, I know the people. She's making the... excuses for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like sometimes. Like, honestly, if this was in Arabic. <laughs> if this was in Arabic, I would be so funny. <laughs> this would land. <laughs> But like in, when you, you, mu- you must have the same though, that like, there must be some things that come to you as a question in Arabic. And then do you translate it to English or do some things come to you in English and that you feel like you find it difficult to say in Arabic? I think it's interesting, my relationship with language. I grew up uh, speaking Arabic at home. 
And so it is my emotional language. Like the language. It's so much more emotional. 100%. It's like the language of love, the language of like generosity. It is, it is like the home language. It's like yeah. the language of the heart, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then the language of my, of the mind is English because I've been, I've been like taught constantly in between the American community school and then going to SOAS and then being in New York and kind of really critically analyzing things it was all in English it was never yeah. done in Arabic um, so it becomes difficult for me to to uh, have that sort of critic critical lens or whatever in in Arabic although I, uh, I I made it a point almost like four years ago to start taking Arabic classes again oh my goodness I need to and uh, and once I did I was like oh it, all it is is it's just a switch it's just practicing you know yeah. and and so once i was able to get that switch back up and running i became more comfortable and more confident in, in everything that i was doing but uh it took it took effort for me to get back into a place where both languages kind of can exist um at the same weight yeah. um yeah so i'm i'm really aware of time mm. and i really want to speak to you about your work for MS and like how that came about? So, uh, so just to kind of, uh, uh, rephrase that I, uh, um, I was, uh, I was actually in Basel for the last exhibition that I had, Evaporating Suns, uh, through Derwaza Curatorial Lab. It was three years of work. I really started to think a lot about, you know, the role of art, what art is meant to do, how we're meant to uh, kind of utilize art as a, as a tool, basically. And so I decided that... Um, was, I, I was following the MS uh, Society's Instagram page and I decided, you know, I'm going to come back home and I'm going to get in touch with these guys and I'm going to tell them, you know, if there's anything that they might need from me that I'm, I am ready to just kind of give you my time and, and my space and the whole team, etc. SubhanAllah, I get back home and I get a message from Maral, uh, who works for the society. And uh, she's like, Amnira, we're working towards Budabi art. And we want to have basically a booth and we want to work with an artist. We want to commission an artist to talk about the reality of MS. If, you know, the artist can be an individual that has MS or is, you know, uh, um, understands the reality of MS, that would be great. So basically what we ended up doing was we put together an open call. We got a few um, proposals sent back to us. And now uh, at, towards the end, we decided to to go with the artists that we're working with uh, right now. Who, her name is Metha Um She Emirati. She's an Emirati uh, artist. Um, and she's she's sort of like kick-starting kick her career now. Uh, graduated from university, was a part of the SIF um, uh, program, uh, which is a fellowship yeah. program that's uh, done by Sheikh Salama Foundation, uh, and um, and so I, I I really enjoy her work. I really enjoy the conversations that she has, and she basically looks at the role of uh, um, uh, sort of the extension of the body to back to the land and vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so the prompt that we put up, we had to also give up put up a prompt like within within Derwaza for the open call that could make sense artistically you mm -hmm. know because you can't just be like oh let's you know let's talk about, talk MS. about multiple services. you know yeah you know and and uh, uh and it's a it's a big thing it's a huge reality within the UAE there's you know there are increasing numbers of individuals 
with MS. Uh, and, uh, and, and obviously with it comes a lot of sort of social, just kind of like uh, uh, ideas that, that need to be broken or, or mm-hmm. you know, taken away. Uh, we need to move away from it. We need to start looking at things more positively without being dismissive, but being honest and kind of really highlighting that reality. And so, um, and so, uh, obviously, with MS, it's it's a, a it's a disease that that affects your your nervous system, mm-hmm. and so the nervous system is a really interesting thing that can become highly conceptual. You know, it's this one thing that's connected from the from your toe all the way up to your mm-hmm. head, and it's uh, uh, and it controls the way your body functions. It controls the way you move. Um, it controls the way you speak. Uh, controls everything you know your eyesight and, and everything that 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 comes uh, along with it so basically we began to kind of question this idea and and started started to to, to really kind of comb through um comb through what ms is and and then we created this proposal basically or we 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 added to the open call where we asked the artist to to react uh to, to something that that is relevant or reminiscent of uh, of the nervous system and understanding this idea of control and being controlled also you know and so so, so deep a hundred percent I mean it's uh, it's you know, you can have a disease come in and and it can really take over your life when you're you know any you know, um, when you're told if you have this disease or any other disease you know it's overwhelming mm-hmm. and it's really mm-hmm. terrifying. And so, and so the idea, the idea was now, how do we take control of it? How do we really highlight that? How do we uh, allow um, art to become a tool that allows for this conversation to take place in honesty, in transparency? Um, Raise awareness. And I think art's been used so many times as well to raise awareness over diseases and different people's, like, I mean, Frida Frida Kahlo comes to mind when Mm. people even working through their own um, or you know, realities, yeah, their own physical realities. realities. Yeah. So this is this has been something that's really passionate, mm. and you're you're clearly really passionate about. Um, and how how has it been going? Has is have you raised awareness? It's uh, so far. Uh, I mean, amazing. We have have yet to uh, kind of li- really publicly talk about it. The idea of the podcast today via them was to talk about this a lot uh, uh, and and to really highlight. Um, highlight their their participation within Abu Dhabi Art. Uh, so and at Abu Dhabi Art, are people going to be able to interact with and yes, so explore, explore, the, explore the artwork right. and then uh, through it, explore the realities of, um, of MS. So through the MS Society here in Abu Dhabi, basically their goal is to really highlight and uh, uh, highlight this, um, this reality, also normalize this reality uh, to a space where you can have open-ended conversations you know uh, um, and uh, uh, and and ask questions and be vulnerable and you know really kind of have a place if if you if you have MS or if you know somebody with MS it is a space of community going back and looping back around to mm-hmm. that where 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 you know where where people come together and are are really just Telling their story, and so for us at Budabi Art, inshallah, um, we're gonna have uh, the work by Meitha Al Amira, commissioned by the MS Society, 
curated by the Rosa Curatorial Lab, uh, and our volunteers are volunteers that are going to be coming from the MS Society. Uh, they're going to be talking about their realities and shedding their realities and reflecting on their realities through the artwork that's presented. So it's just sometimes, you know, you give somebody a tool, anybody a tool, and, and art is a tool of communication. Amazing. You know. Um, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for telling us about that. I think that's, there's a lot to learn yeah, um, for, for sure. me and for everybody else. But thank you so much for joining us and thank, thank you for you. coming in. Thank you for having Amazing. me. Amazing. It's been fantastic. <laughs> All right, great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a jam-packed show. And Look up from your phone, man. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Just trying to prepare myself for you guys so I don't get you know any names or dates wrong because it's, it's very important to be detail-orientated. Oh, yeah. I got told. You got told. He's here. Man's here. He's taking it seriously. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to tell us what is going on in the UAE and what we should not miss. Hi, there's so much going on right now. Like, it, you will miss something, but I'm letting you guys know about what you should not miss, if that makes sense. It doesn't, but it doesn't. It works. But let's let's, <laughs> let's pretend it does. So first on the list is Manar Abu Dhabi. So this is so big. cool. It's big. It's huge. I feel like we've been talking about this for so long. Yes, it's we really have. built up in my head, and now it's real. It's here. It's happening. It's actually so happening. I have to admit, Tell us what it is. As a new person to the UAE, mm -hmm. I. I'm quite excited by now I can actually visualize it because there's visuals everywhere. Yeah, there's visuals yeah. everywhere. Because <laughs> before when you were saying it, I was like, okay. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. But yeah. So basically, Manar Abu Dhabi is a light exhibition that's happening all across Abu Dhabi. And Manar, for those of you who don't know, means lighthouse in Arabic. So it is an exhibition of light sculptures or art works of art made from light by over 35 um, artists who are uh, from the region, from the UAE, and from across the world. Now, light art is a very specific kind of art, and as well, doing light art outdoors is even like more niche. Uh, and so the collection of artists, they are like, some of them are, are incredibly well-known Arab artists. Like you have, um, I don't want to get the names wrong, um, Samia Halabi, who is a really well-known Palestinian artist, and Mohammed Qasim, who is a really well-known UAE artist. And they've created amazing um, light sculptures and projections all across Abu Dhabi. So like in, in the Corniche, in um, the islands like Lulu Island. I don't know some of these islands or some of these locations in Abu Dhabi. Islands, yeah. There's so many that a lot of people, I think, are not aware of them. Um, so this is a great way to experience Abu Dhabi in a new way how, and see the work. Sorry. How do people experience it? Are they, so a lot of how, like if we are just telling like people out there, how are they going to see this? Is it just like there's somebody on it when they're out and about? Is there a boat? Are there boardwalks? There are, well, the, first of all, really important, it's free. So th that's great. So you can have a walk on the Corniche and you can see some of the artwork there. There are boat rides. There's stuff happening in Louvre Abu Dhabi oh. and you can go like basically island hopping uh, from all of these different islands. Islands And I also want to preface that you really cannot do all of this in one night. Like I said, there's over 35 artworks across so many islands. So you can probably plan a family outing with your friends across from now until the end of Jan. You know, every other weekend you can oh, come to Oh, I feel terrible. Lobby. I've asked for photos of it. So this is like <laughs> yeah. a, a three-week endeavor for our photo team. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's not going to happen. So it's, just, it's a cool way to engage with public art. And it's just, they're just if you look, go on our website and you go on the article we wrote about it where I interviewed the uh, co-curators, 
you see some of the visuals. It's really, really stunning, stunning, stunning work and great way to in, to get to know the city in a different way. And super large scale. Like they large, are not. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Huge. No singular, singular light bulbs yeah. here. Love no. that. So that's what's happening in Abu Dhabi. Uh, in Dubai, there is Al Sarkal Avenue's Lates, which is uh, happening on Monday. Mm-hmm. So that is basically all the art galleries, or most of them starting new shows that would have opened over the last uh, week or two. So there's a couple of shows I want to highlight that I got to see that are really cool. So uh, I spoke last week about The Third Line, mm-hmm. uh, which has a really great collaboration between two artists. I went and saw the full show, and I spoke to the artist. It's really, really beautiful. You guys have to check, check it out. Out. It's called Duality. There is another show uh, by Green Art, um, which is called Give Your Weight to the Ground by an Emirati artist called Afra Al Dahiri, and she creates paintings and sculptures based on the symbolic concept of hair, which is really oh, interesting. That's very well, you know, me and my hair. Well, yeah, hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone who is listening to this on Spotify has a photo of the icon. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, a big part of my personality. Uh, well, I mean, hair has a lot of symbolic meaning in lots of different cultures, right? Like yeah. um, in parts of the Middle East and even in New Zealand, which is where I grew up, like if you cut your hair symbolically, you need to bury it in the ground so that because people take your hair and they can sort of do stuff with it. So it's kind of better oh. to bury your hair. So she kind of... So looks, a superstitious thing. Superstitious thing, mm-hmm. yeah. So she looks at these kind of concepts and then reinterprets them in, in her paintings and sculptures. It's really fascinating. There is a really amazing show in Carbon 12 called The Black Flags of Medea. So this is by Philip Mueller. He's an Austrian artist and he looks, he sort of creates these big paintings that are influenced by the German Romantic period. So imagine these very big, very detailed paintings with lots of like symbolism and really wonderful use of light. So that's a really cool exhibition to see. And um, Ayam Gallery is doing an exhibition called Faces of Resilience by Roshnak. Amnelihai, I hope I said that right. And she is a very detailed painter who does these amazing sort of pattern paintings. Um, and she uh, and the faces are sorry, the paint the exhibition is about women who have been resilient in culture. So everyone from Frida Kahlo to Giorgio O'Keefe, the artist, to um some of my favorite artists. Malala. I always get, I always forget her name. Sorry, Malala. <laughs> I should not forget her name. But yeah, Malala. And she so she does these amazing portraits of them where you don't see their face, but you recognize who they are almost instantly by how they're dressed or by their silhouette. So oh. it's pretty really cool. Their brand. Yeah, their brand. Their like visual silhouette. Yeah, like your hair. It all comes back to your hair. <laughs> this is very poetic. Oh, it is. Sorry, sorry. I've totally just uh, taken the limelight. He, was, yet he again. was making a lovely point about significant women in history. You're a significant woman in history. Yes, how dare are. I? It all comes full circle. And another thing I would suggest people go check out in Azarkala Avenue is one of my favorite spots there. It's called Zerzura. It's a bookstore uh, that focuses on first edition books. Um, that are not super, 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 super rare, like meaning that you can buy them and they're accessible to buy. Um, but um, a Warren, who is the, sorry, Alex Warren, who is the um, founder of Zazura, he knows all about books and first editions, and he collects great books from the region. So like stuff like some of the earliest books about the, written about the UAE, written about the history of Dubai, to like a first edition Harry Potter and a Shakespeare volume from the 1800s. Okay, man. That doesn't honest. sound particularly accessible. It sounds... <laughs> 
it, me, it, 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 how it, often do you go into this place? Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm. Do you I, live there? Yeah, I'm there like <laughs> at least once a week, like you know, just chilling with Alex, talking books. You know, oh, <laughs> he, he's insight into your life. It well, is you really love yeah. books more I, than anyone I know. I've basically forced him to be my friend, and like <laughs> the guy Does who owns the bookstore. Does he know he's store. your friend? <laughs> yeah, he's I like, feel oh, like this he knows. What else is happening in Dubai? Oh. Al-Sakala Avenue also have this really, really great initiative um, art show that they have launched. They've just um, released today. It's called On This Land. Uh, it's happening in a massive space in Al-Sakala Avenue called Concrete. So On This Land is an exhibition, which is a um, sort of a reaction to what's happening right now in Gaza. And they have, um, they're doing a collaboration with the Palestinian Museum and the Brazil Art Foundation and Al-Sakal Advisory. And so basically, it's an exhibition that's going to be lasting until the end of November. It's on from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Uh, and it is a combination of archival images of Palestine that have been printed and enlarged, as well as paintings and sculptures by Palestinian artists from over the last, you know, couple of decades from the Brazil Art Foundation. So you can go in there so and... Important. Yeah, so important. And you can go in there and get a real... Um, feel of the scope and the diversity of Palestinian art mm -hmm. um, and what Palestinian artists have been concerned about over the past couple of decades. So it's a really great immersive way to get yourself um, I think on this episode, we've spoken so much about how, you know, art is a reflection upon, um, you know, art and culture can be such a reflection upon what's going on in the world. Like historically, we look back at it. And at the moment, we're obviously, we're looking towards it as well to offer us a space to have you know express, express and try to heal as well and make so sense important. of it you know and yeah. make sense of what's happening what's happened and to also archive these really important artists and these yeah. important stories in, in in a way when the people have no control over what's happening outside and like one thing you have control over is like the art that you're producing like there is like there's like there is a healing element in that that's mm -hmm. so important for like creatives and then for people to be able to go in and like appreciate and understand those spaces. And, and I, I just want to also add actually to that, that that's why I think the UAE and why I'm so always excited to be writing about this stuff in the UAE, because the UAE, the UAE whether it's Abu Dhabi, Sharjah or Dubai, really offers a space for Arab artists. Um, you know, unfortunately, our region has seen a lot of conflict over the, you know, past 50 years. And so it really offers a space for these artists, whether you're from Palestine, Libya, Iraq, um, Lebanon, Syria, Egypt, to come here and create artwork that is reflective of what's happening over the past 50 years and also archiving these stories. So yeah. it's really great for people who live here who don't know much about um, the art scene or the history. And art is a really great vehicle for you to learn about what's happened here and to, un again, understand the stories yeah. of the region. I think me, like, you know, growing up in the UK, most of the time it was like so rare to find like an Arab artist was given the space. Mm -hmm. And now I see so many spaces where Arab artists are given that space to mm -hmm. tell stories that really do reflect personally to yeah. me and like, the, you know, my, my history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's really important. Thank you so much, man. You're welcome. Thanks Always happy to in. be here. So that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening. And we promise we'll have lots of stories for you next week. And if you like this episode, please like and follow on your favorite podcasting app. Bye.